You're listening to a bonus episode preview available to all Driftoff Premium members. You can listen to the whole story and other episodes while enjoying ad-free listening by becoming a premium member at driftoff.supercast.com or you can find the link in the show notes. That's driftoff.supercast.com. Welcome to Drift Off, bedtime stories to help you unwind, relax, and drift off. Thank you for joining me. I'm your host, Joanne, and it's a pleasure helping you get restful sleep. You may have noticed that I don't have ads on the podcast. That's because I want this space to be restful. And instead of reading ads, I'd much rather read you a relaxing bedtime story. That's why I created this podcast, to offer you a calming listening experience where nothing else is needed of you. Only a quiet space where your imagination can be free to drift off far, far away from your daily obligations and to help you ease into a restful night's sleep. So if you're enjoying the show, and want to support the podcast so we can continue making more sleepy bedtime stories, check out our premium membership, where you can enjoy intro-free episodes, you'll have access to two bonus episodes per month, a monthly guided relaxation to help you get sleepy, and as of most recently, you'll have access to the entire audiobook Little House in the Big Woods, over three and a half hours of continuous storytelling to help you drift off. You can sign up today at driftoff.supercast.com or see the link in the show notes. That's driftoff.supercast.com. Little House in the Big Woods is the first book from Laura Ingalls Wilder's Little House series. This story takes place in 1871 and is about a pioneer girl named Laura and her family who live in a little log cabin on the edge of the big woods of Wisconsin. Pioneer life isn't always easy, for they must grow and catch their food and prepare for long, cold winters. But the best part of pioneer life is bringing in the harvest celebrating Christmas with her family, making trips into town, and feeling all safe and warm in her little house while falling asleep to the sound of Pa's fiddle. I hope you enjoy this heartwarming, beautiful story. Chapter 1 Little House in the Big Woods Once upon a time, sixty years ago, a little girl lived in the big woods of Wisconsin in a little gray house made of logs. The great, dark trees of the big woods stood all around the house, and beyond them were other trees, 
and beyond them were more trees. As far as a man could go to the north in a day, or a week, or a whole month, there was nothing but woods. There were no houses, there were no roads, there were no people. There were only trees and the wild animals who had their homes among them. Wolves lived in the big woods, and bears, and huge wildcats. Muskrats and mink and otter lived by the streams. Foxes had dens in the hills, and deer roamed everywhere. To the east of the little log house, and to the west, there were miles upon miles of trees, and only a few little log houses scattered far apart in the edge of the big woods. So far as the little girl could see, there was only the one little house where she lived with her father and mother, her sister Mary, and baby sister Carrie. A wagon track ran before the house, turning and twisting out of sight in the woods where the wild animals lived, but the little girl did not know where it went, nor what might be at the end of it. The little girl was named Laura, and she called her father Pa and her mother Ma. In those days, and in that place, children did not say father and mother, nor mama or papa, as they do now. At night, when Laura lay awake in the trundle bed, she listened and could not hear anything at all but the sound of the trees whispering together. Sometimes, far away in the night, a wolf howled. Then he came nearer and howled again. It was a scary sound. Laura knew that wolves would eat little girls, but she was safe inside the solid log walls. Her father's gun hung over the door, and good old Jack the bulldog lay on guard before it. Her father would say, Go to sleep, Laura. Jack won't let the wolves in. So Laura snuggled under the covers of the trundle bed, close beside Mary, and went to sleep. One night, her father picked her up out of bed and carried her to the window so that she might see the wolves. There were two of them sitting in front of the house. They looked like shaggy dogs. They pointed their noses at the big, bright moon and howled. Jack paced up and down before the door, growling. The hair stood up along his back, and he showed his sharp, fierce teeth to the wolves. They howled, but they could not get in. The house was a comfortable house. Upstairs there was a large attic, pleasant to play in when the rain drummed on the roof. Downstairs was the small bedroom and the big room. The bedroom had a window that closed with a wooden shutter. The big room had two windows with glass in the panes, and it had two doors, a front door and a back door. All around the house was a crooked rail fence to keep the bears and the deer away. In the yard in front of the house were two beautiful big oak trees. Every morning, as soon as she was awake, Laura ran to look out of the window, and one morning she saw in each of the big trees 
a dead deer hanging from a branch. Pa had shot the deer the day before, and Laura had been asleep when he brought them home at night and hung them high in the trees so the wolves could not get the meat. That day, Pa and Ma and Laura and Mary had fresh venison for dinner. It was so good that Laura wished they could eat it all, but most of the meat must be salted and smoked and packed away to be eaten in the winter, for winter was coming. The days were shorter, and frost crawled up the window panes at night. Soon the snow would come. Then the log house would be almost buried in snowdrifts, and the lake and the streams would freeze. In the bitter cold weather, Pa could not be sure of finding any wild game to shoot for meat. The bears would be hidden away in their dens where they slept soundly all winter long. The squirrels would be curled in their nests in hollow trees, with their furry tails wrapped snugly around their noses. The deer and the rabbits would be shy and swift. Even if Pa could get a deer, it would be poor and thin, not fat and plump as deer are in the fall. Pa might hunt alone all day in the bitter cold, in the big woods covered with snow, and come home at night with nothing for Ma and Mary and Laura to eat. So as much food as possible must be stored away in the little house before winter came. Pa skinned the deer carefully and salted and stretched the hides, for he would make soft leather of them. Then he cut up the meat and sprinkled salt over the pieces as he laid them on a board. Standing on end in the yard was a tall length cut from the trunk of a big hollow tree. Pa had driven nails inside as far as he could reach from each end. Then he stood it up, put a little roof over top, and cut a little door on one side near the bottom. On the piece that he cut out, he fastened leather hinges. Then he fitted it into place, and that was the little door with the bark still on it. After the deer meat had been salted several days, Pa cut a hole near the end of each piece and put a string through it. Laura watched him do this, and then she watched him hang the meat on the nails in the hollow log. He reached up through the little door and hung meat on the nails as far up as he could reach. Then he put a ladder against the log, climbed up to the top, moved the roof to one side, and reached down inside to hang meat on those nails. Then Pa put the roof back again, climbed down the ladder, and said to Laura, Run over to the chopping block and fetch me some of those green hickory chips. So Laura ran to the block where Pa chopped wood and filled her apron with the fresh, sweet-smelling chips. Just inside the little door in the hollow log, Pa built a fire of tiny bits of bark and moss, and he laid some of the chips on it very carefully. Instead of burning quickly, the green chips smoldered and filled the hollow log with thick, choking smoke. Pa shut the door, and a little smoke squeezed through the crack around it, and a little smoke came out through the roof, but most of it 
was shut in with the meat. There's nothing better than good hickory smoke, Pa said. That will make good venison that will keep anywhere in any weather. Then he took his gun, and slinging his axe on his shoulder, he went away to the clearing to cut down some more trees. Laura and Ma watched the fire for several days. When smoke stopped coming through the cracks, Laura would bring more hickory chips, and Ma would put them on the fire under the meat. All the time there was a little smell of smoke in the yard, and when the door was opened, a thick, smoky, meaty smell came out. At last, Pa said the venison had smoked long enough. Then they let the fire go out, and Pa took all the strips and pieces of meat out of the hollow tree. Ma wrapped each piece neatly in paper and hung them in the attic where they would keep safe and dry. One morning, Pa went away before daylight with the horses and wagon, and that night he came home with a wagon load of fish. The big wagon box was piled full, and some of the fish were as big as Laura. Pa had gone to Lake Pepin and caught them all with a net. Ma cut large slices of flaky white fish without one bone for Laura and Mary. They all feasted on the good fresh fish. All they did not eat fresh was salted down in barrels for the winter. Pa owned a pig. It ran wild in the big woods, living on acorns and nuts and roots. Now he caught it and put it in a pen made of logs to fatten. He would butcher it as soon as the weather was cold enough to keep the pork frozen. Once in the middle of the night, Laura woke up and heard the pig squealing. Pa jumped out of bed, snatched his gun from the wall, and ran outdoors. Then Laura heard the gun go off once, twice. When Pa came back, he told what had happened. He had seen a big black bear standing beside the pig pen. The bear was reaching into the pen to grab the pig and the pig was running and squealing. Pa saw this in the starlight, and he fired quickly, but the light was dim, and in his haste he missed the bear. The bear ran away into the woods, not hurt at all. Laura was sorry Pa did not get the bear. She liked bear meat so much. Pa was sorry too, but he said, Thankfully.